0: What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of From Panel to Podcast. I'm Andrew Reiner, and boy, do we have an amazing show for you. A fantastic, unbelievable show. Your mind will melt when you hear what we have to say. Phil
1: Hoff? I'd say it's gonna be an incredible show where we discuss all things that come from a panel, be it movies, television shows, video games, artwork, collectibles, toys, Funko Pops. Hell, we might even talk about candy.
0: Let's do it. Let's get into all those things. This is going to be an 18-hour episode. (laughs) That's how long it took us to get to this point. Yeah, we had some recording snafus. I had a wonderful weekend with nine of my close buddies. We played board games all weekend. My favorite was something called Nemesis. Maybe if we run out of stuff to talk about, we'll get to that in hour 19. But for (laughs) now, we're going to start top of the hour here. We're going to be talking about comic books. And Phil... We got a a double. Uh, we had a, a what do you call those? What was the drive-in movies where you get the double? A double feature. A double feature. We got a double feature from Donny Cates. A Donny double. We got a. Ooh, I wonder if you can get that at like McDonald's or something like that. Uh,
1: I I might go to McDonald's for that.
0: We got Thor, mm-hmm. and Hulk. If they're going to be crossing over, we talked about that last week. But right now, we're kind of working through these independent runs. And both of them, I, my mind was just kind of melting on both of them. I started with Thor. I read that one first. It feels like that one's kind of coming to the conclusion of his story that he's been working on with Thor's hammer getting heavier. And I guess we could talk about it now. There's actually a being in a cosmic being in in the hammer uh, that has been unleashed and is, is not very happy. Does not, uh, does not like what's kind of gone on. And now Thor is battling it. And I love how Donny Cates, by the way, is just like okay, it's not just going to be Thor battling him or any of the people from Asgard. We're going to get Spider-Man. We're going to get the Avengers. <laughs> we're going to get Fantastic Four. You got to wonder like, what the execs at Marvel are like, if they're like, oh, he's doing it again. He did this with Venom.
1: <laughs> Why does he keep getting the entire universe involved? We can't write the entire Marvel universe around what Donnie's doing this week.
0: You got to wonder if his editors are just like, oh, he's Donnie. Just come on. Can we just have a quiet moment in one of your books? It's always like the biggest epic epic scale you can imagine. And it's fantastic. I, I love that he's always just like, this is going to be universe ending stuff. <laughs> yep. Just
1: goes hard.
0: Yeah. Unless, unless these guys can stop it, the entire universe is gone. That happened in Venom. That's happening in Thor. I don't want to spoil where this goes. That's not what we do here. We're not reviewing these books necessarily. We're telling you if you should read them or not, but we're not kind of breaking them down blow by blow but there's some big huge universe bending things that could really set up a interesting future for Thor, Odin, Asgard and even the hammer. All in this one issue. I adored it. That last panel by the way was shocking. Phil, what do you think?
1: Uh I think shocking actually hits hits the nail on the head with the hammer as we're just going to hit all the puns right now in stride. Wow. <laughs> um I love this book too. It was not quite sheer chaos from start to finish, but it was unbridled chaos from start to finish. I'm I'm really, really enjoying this, even though the villain wasn't necessarily who we thought the villain was going to be. It wasn't a classical sense of, of the villain in Thor's universe, right. but it's really turned out to be quite something else and pretty spectacular. And who knows, we may even get a nice little twist at the end of the next episode or issue that we find out that it's not actually what they've been showing, but somebody that's controlling this it's in Donnie Cates's hands. Who knows what's going to happen?
0: Yeah. And you can get all these books. I think it, I can't remember the name of the run here of, of what the story is, but it's Donnie Cates and Nick Klein crushing it. They've been going for over 20 issues now, but you can get the last three. That's, that's what matters here. If you want to start with this arc and I got to say, Donnie Cates, you know, with Hulk as well has become the King of the last page, the last panel. Mm-hmm. And it reminds me of Robert Kirkman, who did The Walking oh, yeah. Dead for forever. And th- the thing about Robert Kirkman's stories, it'd be like just ordinary conversations with people. Like, you know, there'd be a Walking Dead character that'd be like, hey, Clarence, you remember uh, what it used to be like to when we used to eat like Sour Patch Kids? Those things were amazing. And then, and then Clarence would be like, remember what donuts were like? And, then, <laughs> <laughs> and then, then you'd be like, yeah, but I got something to tell you your mom's still alive and she's on her way here. And you'd be like, what? what? <laughs> Where'd that come from?
1: Or even weirder than that, they would be like the onomatopoeia of like just the creak of a door opening. And then you turn the next page and mom is just standing there like waiting. And you're like, what
0: yeah. the heck just happened? And she'd be like, I've been looking for you, Clarence. And you're like, "What? we were just talking about Sour Patch Kids for like 18 <laughs> pages. Obviously that, that didn't happen those in those stories, but you get what I'm saying. Like, He'd just kind of, you know, su- you know, be subtle and you're just kind of into the moment, getting to know these characters. And then he'd, you know, flip your world upside down. Donny Kate's the exact opposite. He's just like banging on drums and pans and pots the whole time.
1: <laughs>
0: and then the last page is just like a record scratch of like, whoa, <laughs> this is, <laughs> is going to escalate even further. That's kind of what he does, right? Like he's yep. like, all right, we're already at got the volume turned up to nine. Now we're going to go to ten. Okay. That's issue one. Now we're going to go to 20 and then, and then the last panel will be like 50 and it just keeps going, going, going. And Venom did that as well. Or, uh, sorry, this Venom did that, but then also this week's Hulk, I don't like how he's writing Bruce Banner. I'll I'll say this, like of all the characters he's written, Mm -hmm. Bruce just seems out of character compared to what I've read in the past. He's doing something very different. The Hulk on their other hand, he has a firm grasp of, he knows what to do with the Hulk. And again, he knows how to really like shock you. And he's using gamma radiation in unique ways <laughs> to set up a, a, a something we haven't seen before. And Phil, you could you could go into the last panel here. I, I wouldn't spoil it, um, but again, it's it's one of those where you are just like, I I can't wait for the next issue.
1: All right. So I just want to say that I giggled out loud on multiple occasions throughout the course of this book where my girlfriend looked at me and was just like, What are you laughing at? And I'm like, incredible Hulk. And she's like, That doesn't look very funny but like there was the moment where where Starship Hulk is on the outside and he's in there with with the president and uh there's this <laughs> army just waiting and he's like they should have brought more and I'm just like oh man and then of course all the butt kicking happens and then like he gets the radio phone call saying that his first his first uh, principal student or whatever was going to be there and they throw him out of a plane and then all of a sudden there is this gigantic figure that you kind of recognize on the last page but is towering over everything else in the landscape eh, which is you know it's eh, just say the guy's name is peter
0: yeah now we're gonna have someone who might be stronger than the hulk
1: (laughs) this is gonna be so fun if
0: if you really wrap your brain around this character's origin and all that happens they walk through it in this book Mm -hmm. they go through all the stuff and they're even talking about like what kind of thing happened. Yeah. And you're like, oh, are they really going to do this? And it and then it happens and it's the most wonderful thing. He's so good at selling books. Anyway, we can gush about Donnie <laughs> Donnie's work. But what a week. And and for him to have both books hitting it. Again, I say this comic writers are so talented. They're, they're, they're holding two marionettes at once, you know, like two puppets at once. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's, he's doing both of them. He's doing amazing work on both of them. Can't say enough great things about it. And soon enough, they're going to collide. Now, you talked about, yeah, I I can't wait for that. But you talked about laughing out loud. I did that reading this week's X Lives of Wolverine. Really? Yeah. And I'm just going to read this. This is from the comic itself. And this is like building up like what's been happening and what you should expect in the next issue that, that I'm about to read here. So Wolverine has gone by many different names and lived many different lives in the course of his long existence. With Omega Red traveling through time to threaten the life of Charles Xavier, somehow possessing the bodies of innocent bystanders, Wolverine is now revisiting his own past. Using Cerebro and guided by Jean Grey and Xavier, Wolverine's mind is repopulating his body in those eras, where he must find and protect Xavier and his ancestors from assassination. But this past is full of events Wolverine might prefer to change. And others, like a battle to the death with Omega Red, in the body of his pregnant wife, (laughs) which could have dire consequences. I'm going to read this again. (laughs) But this past is full of events Wolverine might prefer to change. And others. Like a battle to the death with Omega Red in the body of his pregnant wife, which could have dire consequences. Phil! Like a battle to the death with Omega Red in the body of his pregnant wife. (laughs) I'm going to say that again, like a battle to the death with Omega Red in the body of his pregnant wife, like a battle to the death with Omega Red in the body of his pregnant wife. What is happening?
1: Uh, You just sold a comic book is what just happened. (laughs) That's exactly what is happening right now. Again, I'm not the biggest Wolverine slash X-Men fan, but man, when I read stuff or hear stuff that, that that's that obscene who in God's green earth can possibly say no to that except for a straight stick in the mud. That sounds incredible, but that's
0: not even the craziest part of this. Wait, what? I, there is a moment where Omega red, I believe it's Omega red. It's got the Omega sign on its head, but it's, it's the whale from Moby Dick. It's the white, it's the white whale.
1: <laughs> and it's isn't... like
0: battling Wolverine. And there's a part where like Sabretooth gets attacked by bees, but I think they're just attacking his mouth or they're coming out of his mouth and eyes. I don't know what's happening, but the whales all through this, they're supposedly in the body of a pregnant wife. I I don't know. You got to read this. It is complete gibberish to me.
1: Uh, that's usually written... why I don't read mutant books, but that is my kind of gibberish.
0: Yeah. Written by Benjamin Percy.
1: Guy's the greatest.
0: <laughs> this is something I never expected, and uh, I'm back for the next issue. I don't know what I'm doing with this, what a what a buildup at the beginning of that issue! I have no words. <laughs> I, I really don't either. <laughs> I'm sold. I it's it's a ten out of ten, and at the same time a one out of ten. So pick your poison.
1: Could we call this the reptilian award?
0: <laughs> the Garth Ennis reptilian <laughs> award. Ah, oh. uh, one book I did really like that I didn't know what I was going to get out of was the new Iron Fist. Did you mm-hmm. pick this up? I did. Not many people like Danny Rand the netflix version he's been pretty good in comics but Mm -hmm. has never really had a series that stuck around lately and now i think they have a direction that could work here and it's (laughs) the direction that works is getting rid of danny rand (laughs) is basically what it is so we have a new iron fist cool costume a little more modernized but at the same time it it has that kind of classic feel to it it's sleek And and it's lin lee is the the name of the new hero Younger character, I would say, yeah. seems a little younger. the The art is is a little hard to read in that regard for age. It's it's very stylized, but it's a good start. Danny Rand's all through it, and Danny Rand is is training him by uh, writer Alyssa Wong, and then with art by Michael Iyunga. And I. Yeah, I, I thought it was good. And then I'll be back for another one because I like origin stories. And this one seems like it'll probably be, if I had to guess, like a five or six parter.
1: Mm-hmm. That's That's got the feel of it. What it felt like to me as well, this is going to be completely irre- irrelevant to anything. But for anybody that's listening that's old enough to remember the old uh, uh, cartoon show, The 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo. Yeah, <laughs> this kind Back of felt movie like movie. that to me, like where Vincent Van Price or Vincent Price was hosting it and they had to go and collect all these ghosts that had escaped a thing to kind of bring it all together again and like maintain uh, or get chaos to leave the the universe. This is exactly what this felt like to me, but in Iron Fist form. And I think it's it's going to be a good time.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's that's definitely what they sell. And, and this is a good time already. Like, I think mm-hmm. that, that first issue cooks at, at a nice pace and. Yeah, I'll be back. I'll be back for another one. One book we won't be back for, Phil. Suicide Squad, King Shark. It's over. Uh, Issue 6 of 6 is out. This is something DC's been doing lately, by the way. I like I like how different DC and Marvel are right now in terms yes. of their, their runs. DC does these limited series. They're also doing the black label stuff, which is really cool. High quality stuff. Marvel's kind of sticking to their... St- their script right Mm -hmm. just kind of standard books month after month i love both approaches also
1: loved king shark phil what should people be looking for in this sheer unadulterated chaos it was written by tim seeley and uh scott collins did the art in it it all came down to king shark and the defacer being sent away from the penitentiary where suicide squad's being held to go fight in this tournament to crown a champion of the animal kingdom that's held every was it Thousand years or 10,000 years? I don't remember. <laughs> but every species is pretty much represented into it, including humankind. I don't want to go too spoiler heavy in it, but there's a lot of gory battles in the art style absolutely just brings out the goofiness of a lot of these battles that transpire. This this final issue of this miniseries, which I'm really glad DC is doing this entire miniseries thing, because you know exactly what you're getting yourself into Until they did their Swamp Thing run, which was going to be 10 episodes, but people really have enjoyed the Swamp Thing run. So they tacked on another 10 episodes, and I think they're just going to, or 10 issues, and I think they're just going to call it like season two or something like that, continuing the story. Irrelevant though. DeFacer is in this as well, hanging out with King Shark the entire time. And DeFacer knows how to like (laughs) trigger the rage inside of King Shark. And it early on, you find out, I believe it was issue two, you find out it's that children's song that was really, really big a couple of years ago, that whole baby shark song. Sean would start singing that it would piss off King Shark to the point where King Shark would just shred everything in sight and won all of his fights that way came down to King Shark versus I don't even remember who in the finals, I'm not getting any too spoilery, but there were mushrooms involved, I should say fungus involved, There was a lot of blood that happened. Again, silly, goofy, good times. There, This book pretty much had everything you could possibly want. But then that last page like hits and you kind of scratch your head and you go, what in the hell just happened here as well? Yeah, it's like, are
0: they setting up a new series, kind of like Guardians of the Galaxy? Is this done? I, I don't know.
1: Do we say <laughs> what it reveals on that last page? Yeah, it could be setting up something called Graffiti Boy and the Legion of Super Animals, where they're all flying through space with their Legion of Superhero style rings on to go and save the galaxy and fight gods or they are gods.
0: Yeah, I think they're wearing the Legion rings. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I'm guessing. Let's see if we get a Graffiti Boy and the Legion of Super Animals series.
1: I, I'll buy it That'd if it cool? happens, especially if King Trunks oh, yeah. in it.
0: <laughs> well, he's he's no longer naked, though, which is disappointing. He's wearing like a, a full superhero outfit.
1: <laughs> but he looks you know, good. He, he gains some self-awareness at some point. He's he's looking mighty trim these days.
0: Another book you got to pick up, Phil, is Fantastic Four Reckoning War. I really need to. Reed Richards has been kind of affected by with now possesses the power of watchers so his eyes are glowing and there's it's really affecting his mind in in both positive ways you would expect but also very negative and and where this issue ends really sets up an interesting future and this is that series i told you uh, it's going to be something big and i Mm -hmm. think it is this is going to ripple out for years to come i think they really are doing something interesting with him he's kind of been just kind of this they use him in different ways from alternate realities, but he's always been very consistent. He hasn't gone through a lot of stuff. A lot of people around him have changed, but he's mm-hmm. always just been kind of the smart guy, Mr. Fantastic, the Mr. Fix-It, right?
1: Yep. If something goes wrong, you call him in, he figures out what the problem is, fixes it. It might take a couple of issues, but he always gets it done.
0: Yeah, I'm really, really enjoying it. And yeah, I can't wait to see where that's going next. I took a chance on a book, Phil, called Stray Dogs. Now, this has been going before. And this is a new series. I think it's just a two-parter, but it's called Stray Dogs, Dog Days. The art on the cover makes it look like it should be in the kids section. It looks very animated. But then you, s- you look closer and there's some blood on it. And there's like a bloody screwdriver on the cover. And you're like, well, what's this about? Mm-hmm. So if you read some of the quotes here for the first volume of Stray Dogs, here's one from Forbes. What do you get when you crossbreed Silence of the Lambs and All Dogs Go to Heaven? What? Well, you get Stray Dogs. This is from Jason Aaron. The most wickedly cool new comic I've seen in a long time. Dark, inventive, and utterly delightful. Scott Snyder, who we both love. Mm -hmm. A terrific debut, like Disney meets Psycho. Something that takes elements that should not work together, and by force of great storytelling, makes them do so in the most twisted, fantastic way. It is wild, Phil. (laughs) I, I, I really think you need to take a look at this and it'll just be like, it looks like you're reading a Disney movie as yeah. Scott Snyder said. And then all of a sudden a dog like digs up a human like hand, like uh, you know, the bones of a human hand and you're like, whoa, what's going on here? And you get all these different stories from all these different dog perspectives. And then it ends with pictures of readers, dogs, which is awesome. <laughs> yeah. You just have, there's like a hundred dog pictures just with their names on it. Okay. Yeah. There's a dog named Jerry Lewis. I don't know. It's, it's something unlike anything I've seen before. And that sounds nuts in a good way as well. I'm adding that onto my list of things that I'm going to grab this week. Any other books you want to call out this week? I read flash. (laughs) i read amazing Spider-Man venom was, was good. Very alien.
1: Yeah. Venom was super chaotic. Uh, It was kind of tough for me to follow because I'm not that bright sometimes, but I eventually pulled it all together. Uh, There is a book that I want to give a small little shout out to. It's just simply called crimson cage. Okay. Um, it's based. It's it's a pro wrestling based book, which is going to intrigue my interest. But it's written about almost like the nineteen eighties territory days, and you'll recognize almost every wrestler in this entire comic book. And it's a story about a guy that's like a longtime veteran that makes a not necessarily a deal, but comes across these three witches in a swamp in Louisiana that tell him that he can become the champ if he does a certain thing. But there's going to be certain. Consequences to the entire thing and every wrestler in this entire thing is based on loosely based I should say on wrestlers from the 1980s early 2000 early 1990s late 70s type of an era but the way that the story unfolds and that the action is is portrayed inside of the ring you can almost you can hear the art inside of your head and you can see what is happening the illustration is so well done for like the telling of a professional wrestling match that it keeps me coming back and back and back. And it's got a little bit of almost a ghost story feel to it as well, which again is going to get me hooked into it, but I've really enjoyed this. It's on issue number three out of five and I dig it a lot. I might have to check that out. Yeah. It's, you, it's, you know, wrestling's
0: not my cup of tea. Mm-hmm. If, if I don't like wrestling, will I get something out of it
1: or, or, um, it's kind of a good, it's kind of a good ghost story. I think even you would recognize, cause like one of the main characters early on is based off of Ric Flair. One of them's kind of a Hulk Hogan, a Kamala, the Ugandan headhunter kind of a guy. But I think that it's, it's got this, and with the Louisiana thing, it's got the whole voodoo type of feel to it as well. And now the person that ends up winning the championship is starting to see ghosts and like people are starting to die and things like that. It, it's been a pretty decent read. And I, like I said, the art style is really what moves this. It feels like you're reading a panel-to-panel pro wrestling match in a lot of instances.
0: Huh. All right. Uh, another book I read was Transformers. I know I'll never convince you <laughs> to pick that up. This is issue 40 of IDW's run. I really dig it. I'm such a huge fan of Transformers. I grew up playing with the toys, watching the cartoons, running home from school to tape, you know, videotape the, the cartoons so I could watch them again. Marvel, by the way, this is going to be my legacy pick for the week. Marvel's Transformers comic was maybe the best thing that happened to Transformers. I know a lot of people said, you know, G1, the, the movie, all that stuff. Fantastic. I agree. But I liked Marvel's run the most from the comics, and they took chances. That was the one in the 80s, right? Yeah. And did things you would not expect. Mm-hmm. There's, one, there's a story where Ratchet, the Autobot, and Megatron, the Decepticon, they merged into one being. So it was almost like Two-Face, like straight down the middle, like half Ratchet, half Megatron. Optimus Prime died. Grimlock took over, which is a terrible idea. (laughs) There's like the swarm that was killing, like this robotic swarm that was killing all the Transformers. It was wonderful. And I was like so heartbroken when it ended at issue 80. Like I was like, like that was the book I, I was most excited for. I got Captain America, Batman, all that stuff. But Transformers was the one I was like, this is like my jam. And then it disappeared for a long time. They came back with like a series two. Wasn't quite as good. IDW picked it up when Transformers started to get hot again, you know, with the the terrible Michael Bay movies, <laughs> which, which is good, though. Like it, the comics were good. So thank you to those movies for kickstarting a whole new movement in Transformers. I, I love where it's at right now, both with the toys and with the comics. But yeah, that is my legacy pick. And I think it kind of set the stage for all kind of licensed comics moving forward. I know there was Micronauts before it and stuff like that. But I think Transformers and G.I. Joe at the same time were the most successful. Yes. G.I. Joe also is has had a renaissance in, in comics. And,
1: and they're IDW yeah. as well, aren't they?
0: Yeah. And I and really, like take a chance on these. If you like the cartoons and want to see kind of where they're going now, yeah, why not? Read a couple issues. See what you think of them.
1: It is moderately amazing how many licensed comics are still going strong with those, like, almost old 80s and 90s types of, of properties. Even when you just glance down at the rack and you'll see them, like, even there's still a Buffy the Vampire Slayer comic going on. There's an Angel vamp- er, er, comic still going on. You got your Transformers, you got the G.I. Joe that's still happening, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Like, a lot of our childhood properties are still living and alive and well in the world of comic books.
0: Yep, and video games too. You know, True. there's Horizon Zero Dawn or her, the Horizon series has its own comic run.
1: Overwatch, uh,
0: Bloodborne, if you want to actually learn about the lore of Bloodborne, there's a long, I think they're starting a new one in March, and they've had four or five series before that. Overwatch, mm-hmm. like you said, you get more story there. Those are all official canonical <laughs> entries into each of these series. It's always surprising. Like, like you brought up Angel. When I saw that on the comic racks the other month, I was like, "What?" Really? Yeah. (laughs) A new Angel story. All right, cool. Uh, I'm not going to buy it, but... No, it's cool that it's
1: out there, and somebody's obviously buying it because they're still putting it out. Yeah, for the fans. Mm -hmm. Good stuff. What's your legacy pick? Uh, My legacy pick is kind of a two-for-one, which is very, very fitting for the the times that we live in. And it's a run of Batman from 1996 that was kind of a two-parter. And almost even a three partner. It it happened shortly after the events of Nightfall, if I remember correctly. It was 96 when these came out. It was Batman's Contagion, followed by Legacy as well.
0: Oh, I could see the spines now, you know, the
1: the themed Contagion spine. Yeah. Those things were so gorgeous with the like wrap around uh, the border on the outside with all of like the skulls and the souls and stuff that were coming up. Anyways, (laughs) a little bit off topic there. Uh, Essentially, what this all boiled down to is that the Order of St. Demas unleashed a plague, which became known as the Clench in Gotham City, which started killing off people at a very, very fast rate. Uh, A lot of the first story focused around like this gated community that thought that they could be just plug themselves or gate themselves in and be safe, which turned out not to be true because one of the first people that ended up getting the plague was inside of this gated community. They eventually worked their way through it and mostly solved the entire problem of the clench happening until Legacy transpired. And the main reason why I'm bringing this up is because Legacy was the run in Batman. Both of these were mostly written by Chuck Dixon, by the way. Contagion was a 12-issue crossover between all the different bad titles of the time. Legacy was a few more than that that even had a couple of like prequel issues that were in Catwoman that kind of outlined what was happening. And a couple of post-issues as well including a Batman Bane one. But in either case, Legacy is kind of what made me fall in love with Ra's Rachel Gould. Just his utter need for world domination and to control the entire world really brought like the League of Assassins and League of Shadows into the forefront because he was the one that then unleashed a variant version of the clench out into the public, which I believe, if I remember correctly, was discovered by Catwoman when she was over and got some kind of a like a disc that contained the information on all of this. And it was nothing but nonstop battle, basically, the entire time with Bane and Ra's al Ghul, Nightwing, Batman, of course, Robin being Tim Drake at that time in the mix. Just big fights with race just wanting to take over the entire world while yeah. still trying to find a very good suitor for his daughter, Talia, who we all know how that all ended up.
0: How um, many people do you remember how many people the clench killed right,
1: right out of the gates? I don't, but I know that Ra's was trying to kill off 90% of the world to make it easier to take over. Yeah, it was but it was like, a huge was a lot chunk of, of the population. Yeah, which yeah. and then this led into cataclysm as well, which was shortly after that. Like Batman just had a lot of big storylines going on in, in the late nineties. Yeah, that's a good pick.
0: I uh, yeah, the, like you said, there was No Man's Land,
1: Contagion, Legacy, Gang Wars. Yeah, Bruce Wayne murderer.
0: <laughs> oh gosh, oh boy, we could forget about that one. Yeah, that one wasn't the greatest. <laughs> No, that's a that's a fantastic pick. And, uh, yeah, when I eat spicy wings, I get the clench. And I better not spread that. Oh, boy. Yeah. Well, uh, let's just go under new books. <laughs> Don't worry. Nobody's listening. Uh, <laughs> so, let's see. Next week, we got, or I guess this Wednesday, tomorrow, for, for your listeners, if you're catching this on Tuesday... We got our weekly books, Detective Comics 1054 and Amazing Spider-Man number 90.
1: I think both of those are wrapping up their weekly runs, too.
0: Yeah, I don't know what issue the Legacy one is on Spider-Man, but yeah, the new continuity number 90. Saga's back.
1: 92 or 93, I think, is going to be the end of the Amazing Spider-Man Beyond run.
0: Yeah, yeah. And then we got a whole new creative team again.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Saga number 56, Action Comics 1040. Dark Ages, which I've been loving. That's number five. It's good stuff. Looks like it's gonna be very spider focused. We got Berserker number seven. We'll talk about that next week. Why that that comic matters. It's been a while. Robin number eleven. Miles Morales number thirty-five. Uh-oh, Phil. Department of Truth, number sixteen. I gotta go. Catwoman, number forty. Oh boy. X Deaths of Wolverine number three. <laughs> DC vs. Vampires, number five. Strange Academy, number 16. Monstrous, 37. Captain Marvel, number 36. The Human Target, number five. Oh, House of Slaughter, number five. Ooh. Big week. Titan, in there. It's a tight end week. Yeah, just like a Kate's week. <laughs> we promise we won't go into either of those next week.
1: Right. Not at we, all. Right. I probably won't be reading Department of Truth in the parking lot either.
0: I'll have some wings, and I'll have the clench, and we will not have a show. <laughs> Black Widow 14. New number one. This is mandatory pickup,
1: Ghost Rider. Oh, yeah. Who's not going to pick that up anyways? It's Ghost Rider.
0: You're, you're not going to believe this, but he's on the cover on a motorcycle that's on fire, spinning a chain over his head.
1: Is it glow in the dark? Nope.
0: It could be, but God, yeah, I hope it's so. like every Ghost Rider cover I've ever seen. I'm digging for the variant that glows in the dark. Harley Quinn number 12. Iron Man 17, that's an Alex Ross cover. Gunslinger Spawn, number five. Oblivion Song, speaking of Robert Kirkman, number 35. Mm-hmm. Deadly Class, number 51. Teen Titans Academy, 12. Task Force Z, number five. Ben Riley Spider-Man, number two. I just read the first one today. That is a throwback to when he was Spider-Man before. So kind of prequel-ish. Hmm. Silk, number two. Oh. Oh, this is is my oh, Silver Surfer Rebirth, number two. We got a new new Carnage, number one. This is mandatory. Carnage forever. Guessing that run won't run forever. (laughs) As they never do. Deathstroke, Inc., number six. Oh, boy. (laughs) Devil's Reign, Villains for Hire, number two. Mm -hmm. That's U.S. agent focused. Blue and Gold, number six. Shang-Chi, number nine. Star Wars, The High Republic Adventures, number 13. Elektra, Black, White, and Blood. That is not tied in with the Devil's Reign series. That's her own standalone thing.
1: No, but that's a really cool looking cover, so I might buy it.
0: Yeah. Batman versus Big Me, A Wolf in Gotham, number six. That's got to be done now. Here's a new number one, Supermassive from Image. Looks superheroish. looks Power Ranger-y.
1: It looks supermassive
0: aquaman number one that's another (laughs) number one that we got to pick up oh boy we're gonna have a big week aquaman green arrow deep target number five phoenix song echo number five ms marvel beyond the limit number three that's been great (laughs) refrigerator full of heads number four
1: i've heard really good things about that i'm kind of bummed that i haven't been able to find the first three issues they sell out really quick huh okay
0: we got to put that on our
1: hunt it down radar
0: Uh, let's go through some other ones real quick here. We're almost done. Black Hammer Reborn. Number nine. Radio Apocalypse. Number two, step-by-step. Number one, Sonic, the Hedgehog. Number 48. You know, they just started the spider or the Sonic, the Hedgehog verse its own (laughs) cinematic universe. It's going to have a TV show and a second movie and a third movie. (sighs) Oh, Power Rangers universe. Number three, two moons, 10 Wonder Woman evolution. Number four, Hardware season one, number four. Someone's asked us to look into that, the hardware series, the old milestone books. I read them way back in the day, loved them. Have not read the new ones though. The Rush, number four. G.I. Joe, number 289. And Red Sonja, number six. And I think we are, that's it. It's going to be a big week. That's like
1: 16 or 17 books for me. Well, if you're at 16 or 17, I'm just going to sign my entire check over.
0: Oh, man. And there's Transformers War's End number one.
1: Um, is Rob Liefeld still doing any of the G.I. Joe stuff or did he just do the one off with that Snake Eyes cover?
0: <laughs> I, I It does not look like Liefeld art on this cover.
1: Did you see, speaking of that, there was a variant cover a couple of weeks ago that somebody straight up ripped off his style and signature and like did it much like the, the uh, Savage Spider-Man number one. I think it was the same week that somebody did it Liefeld style, but it wasn't him. And we knew it wasn't him because there were feet. This might be him. It's kind of life. The guy's arm's huge. I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't, I'll don't.
0: i have to look at that. But, yeah, I try not to, to go into that stuff. But <laughs> now you've piqued you've my interest. So we shall see. Uh, and thanks again for all the feedback on the show and for listening. Thanks for being here with us. Hope, hope you're getting some books. We've seen some people tweeting to us about uh, spending way too much money, and that's what we're here for.
1: Mm-hmm. It's mind-blowing that people are actually listening to you and I have conversations we've been having for 26 years.
0: I know. This is just us, usually over Xbox Live, talking about comics. Mm -hmm. If you enjoy it, we'll be back in seven days. So thanks again for the support, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye, everyone.
1: Take care.